The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Real nice to have you with me. Always real nice to have you with me. Although most of you, I don't know you're there. You don't call in. I don't know what the percentages are, but typically it's uh, many, many, many more listeners than callers. However, sure welcome you as callers. 877 877- 573-7825-877-57 equal. That's the number to call to get onto the program. Why? That's your decision. Most common motives? A question about life, circumstances, people, maybe the faith as it intersects with mental health or psychology. Sometimes people call in to help other people. Uh, usually a... Um, tacit acknowledgement that I fell short, and that's okay. I can live with that. I'm all right with that. Tacit acknowledgement. Uh, Also, sometimes people call in, we've done this before, where you have a little tidbit, something good about life. Uh, My son, who's kind of a IT guy, has uh, put me on Instagram. And so we're just building up a a, a listening, viewing audience there. Uh, And uh, you call in with some good stuff, I can steal it. And put it on Instagram and make it sound like I'm really smart. Anything. 877-57-EQUAL. That is the number to call to get onto the program. Yesterday we had a interesting call. All the calls are interesting. But I just use that adjective to describe that call. The guy essentially said that he had a friend... Uh, a Catholic friend, 20 years friendship. He w- he was not Catholic. As a matter of fact, he was not Christian. He he readily acknowledged that he didn't believe. And he got into kind of a an email back and forth with his friend relatively recently. And the friend said, I'm writing you off. I don't want to have anything more to do with you. And at least according to the caller... He, he kind of implied that the in between the lines, uh, the friend's motive was, you pagan, get away from me. And the caller wanted to know what I thought. Well, I don't know how important it is what I think, but nevertheless, he wanted to know what I thought. And I, I said, you don't write people off because they're non-believers. And... Typically, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your relatives, and it's a lot harder to write off relatives, especially the close ones, because you're upset at them or because they've left the faith. Well, 
periodically I'll get emails, and I got a call like this yesterday, where people will say, Dr. A, you've always or often said, don't write, for example, your adult daughter off if she's living with her boyfriend. Treat her with love and respect, and even treat him with love and respect. Not because you condone what they're doing, and your daughter knows you don't condone what they're doing. You raised her. But the fact is, you got to keep some kind of relationship there. And the objection is, and I've gotten this a number of times in emails, the objection is they need to pay a price for their wrongful conduct. And we need to hold them accountable. Now, keep in mind, these are not 12-year-olds. These are 24-year-olds. We need to hold them accountable for what they're doing. And one of the ways we can hold them accountable is to uh, limit or curtail or totally sever contact. Um, And I struggle with that. I struggle with that one a lot. Because, well, first of all, if in fact they have rejected the moral system, and that's very common, and... Furthermore, it may not be your adult child. It could be a friend or it could be someone you know or it could be a co-worker who doesn't at all believe the things that you believe. They don't accept it. They don't guide their life by it. So for you to say what you're doing is wrong, they would look at you. What are you talking about? I don't agree with that. I don't buy that at all. I'm not doing anything wrong. So... One might make the argument, well, natural law, natural law would indicate that they're doing something wrong. Yeah, well, they're they're not being moved by natural law. So the question becomes, how much do you push on someone who does not believe? They're not a Catholic. They're not a Christian. They don't believe morally at all. How much do you push on them? That's the first thing. You try to have some kind of relationship with them. If, if, for example, it's your brother-in-law married to your sister, he's not a believer. At all. All right. So you tell him he's wrong and he looks at you like, be quiet. Don't buy it. You have your belief system. I have mine. But let's let's cloudy up the picture. It is someone who proclaims they're Catholic or Christian. And they're acting in a, a grave way counter to that. What do you do? Do you tell them? Okay, you tell them. They don't agree. They don't buy it. They don't listen. Do you keep telling them? Or do you write them off? I had a friend spent an awful lot of time at his house when I was 10, 11, 12, and then all the way, all the way through college, really. I was with him a lot, with his mom, his dad, his parents. We did a lot of things together. And as the years went on, we got into our 20s and 30s, we kind of drifted in our own personal directions, but we were still friends in a lot of ways. He was a very, very close, one of my closest friends as I was growing up, and I didn't really know much about his religious upbringing. They really didn't know a whole lot about that. They were closed about it, and I think they were at some, perhaps, maybe mom and dad were at some attachment to a mainline Protestant denomination, but I wasn't even sure about that. Some years ago, my friend and I were were doing something together. We were traveling. 
And he said to me, Rame, that's what he calls me. A lot of a lot of my early early friendships call me Rame. Short short for Raymond, Rame. He said, Rame, you know I'm an atheist. And I said, Yeah, I figured that. Well, I guess I I guess I was going to tell you, figuring that you wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. And I said, why would you think that? Well, I know what you believe, Raymond, and I don't believe any of that. All right. So why do you think I would just simply write you off as a friend because of the way you think? I don't know what it was. I don't think I did anything that would make him think that if you don't believe like I do, I simply don't want to have anything to do with you. But I was kind of shocked at him saying this. I was wondering if somehow, some way, I, I gave him the message that because you're an atheist, well, it's time for you to go. Interestingly enough, this same friend built a mother suite onto his home as his mother began to fail both cognitively and physically, seriously fail. And for the last, I don't know, two, three years of her life, he took complete care of her, complete care of her. He went to the 99th percentile of taking care of his mother. He carried her to the bathroom. He cleaned her up. He fed her until she died. He called me one day and said, Ray, my mom passed away. And I knew her pretty well because when I hung around their house, I mean, she was in the midst of her child-rearing days. And then her husband passed at 67, and I, I was in college when he did, and I thought he was an old man. Well, that changes. And I said to him, you know, I know you don't believe but if there is a God up there, he's really got to respect what you did. And he said, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. So he was moved to do something incredibly sacrificial. I mean, there, there was, his, his mom was definitely confused. And in, in many respects, it was extremely difficult to take care of because she was so incapacitated cognitively and physically. But he did it all the way to her death. And he said to me, my mom gave me everything in her life. She lived for me. Least I can do is to live for her in these last days. I don't know as he's gotten older whether he's continued to doubt whether a God exists or even, even declares one doesn't exist. But I would never ever write him off because of that. If I were to separate myself from those people in my life who are misusing the Catholic faith or who are non-believers or who even think that I'm going to go to hell because I'm a Catholic, I would have a very shrinking social circle. I had a friend call me once wanted me to talk at his son's funeral. He was not attached to any religion whatsoever. His son was 21, and he 
didn't negotiate a curve. Crashed into a pole, and he died at age 21. And he said, Ray, would you, would you speak at the calling hours? I said, sure. Be glad to do that for you. Now, I don't know what exactly his belief system entailed at that time. But apparently, in the relationship that we had, he saw something that would move him to ask me to do that. Not that I'm some holier-than-thou guy, but I think that it was just it was just part. And and interestingly enough, as I've talked to him more lately, he's becoming more overt in talking about his belief system. And by the way, we had a call yesterday. One more thing, I'll I'll go to your calls. Had a call yesterday where a fella said this is the same fella who said, I don't believe, and then he, he more or less talked about how science has just basically blown matters of faith out of the water, and I shared with him some books he might be interested in, some websites. And interestingly enough, I just found out, Andrew, you, you told me this. I don't know if this is Dawkins. I think it was Dawkins, one of these very overt new atheists who's goal in life was to drag people away from this Christianity because it was such a horrible, awful, evil thing that was brought upon the world. In a most recent debate, this was a shock heard around the world, at least in that world, he said he wasn't an atheist anymore. He was an agnostic. And his answer was, my curiosity is trumping my skepticism fascinating, very overt, out loud, in your face, you foolish Christians atheist, saying, well, I'm not really a total atheist anymore. Just a little sidelight. 877-573-7825. Heading into, heading into the holidays. And so if you have a particular question about someone coming, relatives, people like that, or maybe the kids. You don't like the greediness that is so much brought on on the holidays. Or gifts, sending out Christmas cards, whatever. Give me a call. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call. I would very much like to hear from you. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I come from the other side of the tracks. My uncle used to have slot machines. Put one nickel in and it's emptied. And I brought him home in a bag. And my mother looked at me. Where did you get all that money? I said, I won him. You didn't win him. He fixed the machine. I didn't care if he fixed the machine or not. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. 
It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. we had to play when I used to play at the restaurants. I had to do about an hour's worth of this kind of music while people were eating before you could get into uh, some of the really good boogie stuff. I just look at those uh, calls up there. We got a Ramon and a Ray uh, who want to talk, and I, I like that. This is all Ray all day is uh, what we're doing here. Uh, Ramon. Oh, is that Raymond? I thought that was Ramon. Oh, so that's Raymond. Another Raymond. All right. Raymond's calling from Texas. Hi, Raymond. This is Raymond. Yes, sir. How you doing? Okay, sir. Your turn. Okay. Um, so I had a conflict with my brother-in-law, and you know, I felt I felt I've forgiven him about it. But, uh, you know, that's been a thorn in the side for a couple years now. We've had a couple more kids. My wife really wants her brother to be part of the family and everything. But it just seems that we keep keeping that barrier up between us so nothing else arises from it. Are you keeping it up or is he keeping it up? Um, I'm trying to open the door to, you know, invite him to do different things here and there and have not gotten um, any response from him in that regard. So definitely his side of the wall is still up. I've tried to, to open the door. He wants no part of you or he'll he'll come around if he has to? Yeah. Which is it, Raymond? Oh, um, if 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 he has to, he he come, comes around. Okay, and then he's but, there. You know, I've, I, I've I've kept a barrier up of, in my house. I, if we do an activity at the house, I won't let him into my house. I, I don't. Oh, that's that's my castle. That's my home. I won't let him there. But if we do a function outside of the house, I. Okay, I, I got a question for you, Raymond. Why are you doing that to your yep. wife? You know why? I, I, why? Because, because you are thinking, I can't believe he treated me that way. He was wrong. He was a jerk. And, you know, uh, I don't need to be treated that way. So, therefore, 
if I forget it and I overlook it and I act like it didn't happen, I'm just being uh, a doormat. Is that it? I, I see what you're saying, but, I mean, three more inches and I wouldn't be talking to you on the phone right now. So, Oh, oh. Yeah, well, okay, so you got into a conflict. I don't know the nature of the conflict. Yes, sir. But, but But most of the time, when families get into these kind of conflicts, it's an ugly verbal battle. Things are said that are hurtful or mean or nasty, uh, and therefore... We come away thinking, there's no way I should have been treated like that. There's no way I should have been talked to like that. What a jerk. And so what we do is we cling to this. Now, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but if you say you are and he's not, then you operate out of a different set of principles. Your principles say you got to forgive him whether he's sorry or not. And try to get along with the dude. Maybe he's not easy to get along with. Okay, so when he's around, you got to watch because he says stupid things and you got to let him go in one ear and out the other. But on the other hand, to say, okay, I've forgiven him, but don't you dare come in my house even though you're my wife's brother. Yikes. Somebody could make a case that you didn't forgive him. So the question becomes, do you really want to just say, okay, Whatever happened between us was really ugly. I got to get over it. I got to let it go. Whatever he said, big deal. I don't have to be hurt by words. Uh, And for my wife's sake, I'm sure she's probably been pushing on you pretty hard to say, please, please, for for me, try try to just at least have some kind of contact with us. I'm assuming she's been doing that, right, Raymond? Yes. Yeah. So maybe it's a great gift you could give your wife. I'll do it. You should do it for God first, but the benefit is also to your wife. And I know what's keeping you from doing it. I can smell it. I can smell it in your words. You can't believe he treated you like that. Correct. Yep, I know. But I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm old enough in my life that I recognize that anybody can treat me any way. And I have to decide how much I'm going to let it bug me. There you go. There you go, Raymond. Thank you. Uh, Ray from Kentucky. We're going all Ray all day. Ray from Kentucky has a comment, uh, something that I've... uh, of course, experienced heavily. Hi, Ray. Hello. You're on, sir. Good afternoon, Dr. Ray. Thank you, sir. You too. Um, I I had uh, recently, I had one of those uh, senior moments where what you want to say doesn't come out, but what you didn't mean to say does come out. Uh, you, you'll experience that in about 10 more years. Oh, I'm experiencing uh, it now, Ray. Um, anyway, I was trying to think of a name of a song, and what I was trying to think of was uh, 
grandma got rain, run over by a reindeer, and what yep. came out was Jesus got run over by a reindeer. Well, I don't think thinking, I don't think our Lord's going to be too offended by that slip of the tongue. Well, um, I, I got the thinking that really there was a lot of truth in that. When you go around our current world and look uh, at the uh, Christmas displays in people's yards, how many reindeers do you see versus how many crib sets do you see? Oh, the reindeers, the and, snowmen, the candy canes, the the frosty, the snowmen's they they dwarf the baby Jesus in frequency. Uh, exactly. Yeah. We have uh, uh, abandoned our uh, what uh, in it. You're talking about in your monologue about uh, Ray. Stay there. You're gonna get so you're gonna get cut off by the music. Stay there. I'll pick you up on the other side. This is Doctor Ray. Eight seven seven fifty seven equal. Sure would like to talk to you. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. There's so many issues that need to be discussed when we're looking at this continuing problem of mass shootings. At the heart of it is what's going on with the human person, though. Father John Mercado brings up Deaths of Despair in great detail in his beautiful Rescue Project series. Or so many young people now, with that survey pre-COVID, were talking about how desperate they felt, how lonely they felt, how isolated they felt, how suicidal they felt. And then we had a recent survey come out from the CDC looking at a similar case with young girls. And this feeling of desperation and loneliness that despite everything they had access to and what they could do with their bodies, this so-called freedom, the world's version of freedom that's shoved down our throats every single day, they're still not happy. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. What is truth? Pontius Pilate asked Jesus not realizing that he was looking at truth. Jesus Christ is the truth and the source of all truth. The Catholic Catechism states that man tends by nature toward the truth and that he is obliged to honor and bear witness to it. Thomas Aquinas asserts men could not live together if there were not mutual confidence that they were being truthful with one another. Truth entails both honesty and discretion between what ought to be expressed and what ought to be kept secret. Jesus told Pilate that he had come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Thus, the Catechism states, in situations that require witness to the truth of Jesus, a Christian must profess it without equivocation, even at the sacrifice of his own life. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Talking to Ray from Kentucky. He, uh... I think he made an interesting parallel, an interesting euphonious. That's not phony. That means mellifluous sounding, sweet sounding, musical sounding, parallel. He meant to say grandma got run over by a reindeer, but he said Jesus got run over by a reindeer. And then it occurred to him that there's some truth to that because, in fact, as you drive down the street, 
and you see the Christmas decorations, there's more reindeers, more snowmen, more candy canes, more Santa Clauses. By far, by far, by far, by far than any kind of creche or cross or anything that even remotely touches upon the very core of the holiday. Ray, you still there? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, it, Why do you it, think that is? It, what What is happening out there? And, and draw a parallel also to Halloween because... I see as many Halloween decorations as I see Christmas decorations now. So what do you think is going on in our culture? Well, it, it, I think it's an intentional de-Christianization. And part of, in, in, in fairness to a lot of Christians, they are being led down the path to, you know, of uh, tolerance. We don't want to uh, push our faith on other people. We don't want to be overtly Christian. We don't, you know, because you're going to offend somebody. And uh, I, I, I basically... I, I think you're touching our, on it. We're becoming less Christian as a culture. And we're also afraid, in many respects, to be overtly Christian, because there are many people who think that's offensive to other people who don't believe that way, which just shocks me that we're not allowed to express our own beliefs. Uh, Richard John Newhouse has talked often. He's, he's now passed away, but a brilliant priest. And he said, in a culture, uh, how did he put this? I want to get this right. Anything that is optional will soon be proscribed. In other words... Uh, you won't be allowed to do it anymore. And I think you're right. There's a subtle pressure to not be overtly Christian in our culture. And all but the most, uh, I, I would say brave, I guess, will, 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 will quietly lower their heads. And there may be those people who, believe it or not, are afraid to put out something like that for fear of what could happen or somebody could damage it. I mean, that's that's the way we're moving in this culture. So you're right. Uh, I think we're becoming a culture that if you're going to be a Christian, you're going to become progressively more countercultural in the way the overall society looks at things. And uh, that is sort of the way it is. Uh, you look at the surveys 50 years ago, something like 90% of the culture said they were Christian. And now what that means, of course, but they took the label Christian. Well, now it's, whew, I don't know, it's down to 70, maybe 60. And and of those, they they are saying they're Christian, kind of like, uh, well, yeah, I'm, a, I'm Italian ancestry kind of thing. Ray, thank you for the question. I appreciate it so very much. And the comment. Anne, who is an MD. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ann from Maryland, MD. I get those state things all so confused. Hi, Ann. Hello, how are you? You were on the phone yesterday, waiting patiently, yes. so I noticed that just now yes. and went straight to yes. you. 16 yes. years of estrangement, huh? Yes, pr pretty much. Um, started at the age of 18, a uh, very difficult um time between the ages of 15 and 17 in our home so started about 18 um until now so 34 uh she's 34 um we persist 
recently have been in touch with her. I personally have have been, you know, the one that has kept it going. My husband is very much in tune with it, though. He's, he's, he's with it. He's just not as um, maybe um, able to, to do what I've done. Um, she has a physical distance with us now. It, it was at many, many years, it was not too physically distant. Physically distant. Now it's like a six hour drive physically distance because of where she's living right now. And, um, I consistently have been there and my husband consistently, um, when we go to this, it's a very rural town. Um, like I say, six hours away um, because of uh, a marriage. She has a husband and and a uh, and he took a job there from an area that was much more. Well, Ann, let me let me jump area, in so. here a second. Get make sure I can uh-huh. clear up in my mind a few things. You say she's distanced herself. She hasn't cut you off, but that she's just kind of cool in her uh, reception to your outreach. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Okay. And her view is from age 15 to 18, while I was at home, Mom, you just, you mistreated me, you mishandled me, you didn't raise me right, uh, and you did so many things wrong that I'm so glad to be free of you, and I've got all these resentments, and so therefore, even though you try to uh, rekindle and rewarm our relationship, I'm going to keep you at arm's distance. That's where she is. Well, she, she did resent. Absolutely. I don't necessarily believe there is resentment now because it involved a birth mother. So at the age of 18, she went to live with her birth mother, her birth family, and she's no longer in touch with them. So I don't believe she has um, has that sort of attitude towards us. I believe that the main problem is the alcoholism um, in both her and her husband and the isolation and the fact that it's just she just doesn't want to be in touch with anybody including the birth mother who can you accept that and can you accept that well uh, i i accept it to the degree that there's nothing i can do about it but we do visit. I mean, we there is a actually in the okay. last, let's say, three I'm going to have to hurry you along here because you only got about okay. a minute. Okay. Yeah. Well, when she moved to this isolated place and we're the only one that, that goes there and spends time with her, I would have to say that it has been a better connection. But it's mostly either we go there and visit and it's a 24 to 48 hour visit or it's texting. Here's so, what it you know, sounds the, like you're saying. Whole, it sounds like you're saying, I'd like to have a better relationship than I do, but she won't allow it. Okay, so you are doing the things that you think are good from a mother's perspective, but she's just saying, uh, Mom, I don't really want that kind of relationship with you. So you're in a position to say, okay, she's kind of setting the terms and I can't do a whole lot about it. Can you live with that? Well, I, I do live with it, but it's also okay. the alcohol and the well, time. well, well. You well, I understand that. But if you're saying I don't want her to be an alcoholic, what are you going to do? I'm sure you've tried to talk with her about it, and she either denies it or doesn't want to hear it. You're absolutely correct. If she's doing some kind of self-defeating, self-destructive stuff, and she wants no guidance from you, uh, you're going to have to live with that reality. 
877-57-EQUAL. Dr. Ray. And now, the EWTN Family Prayer with Father Joseph. Family, a prayer that we pray together is a powerful prayer. So please pray together with me, our EWTN Family Prayer. Today we pray for those who have diabetes. Almighty God, we worship you, our Father, and we pray this day for those who suffer with diabetes. Look upon your children with this illness and grant them relief. Give them patience and the grace of perseverance in taking care of their health. Show them the way to physical and spiritual well-being. Let their cry come to your ears and bring them healing in mind and body and soul. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. Are you passionate about Jesus? Are you zealous for Jesus? Are you fervent for Jesus? Are we fervent for the gospel? Are we passionate about helping this world come to know him? Is that true? It's not true for most people in the church. Is Jesus my best friend? Is he your best friend? I'm looking around the church. There's a set of guys in here who have great man caves. As I was praying this morning, I felt like the Lord said, hey, when are you going to come to my man cave? Like, you guys think a flat screen TV is really cool. You should see what I got to offer. Because I and I alone, he says, can really give you what it is you're longing for. Whoever it is we're rooting for right now, they're going to lose eventually. Or whatever it is that's occupying our time, one day we're going to realize it really wasn't that important. Why aren't we hanging out with the one who alone can show us what life is really all about? When was the last time you hung out in the Lord's man cave? Hey, uh, you hear that the the, uh, the atheists, I guess, have produced a new Christmas play. It's called Coincidence on 34th Street. Yeah, very pretty. All righty, see what we got here. My granddaughter's name is Rose. My grandmother's name is Rose. Rose is making a comeback among the names. They swirl around every couple of generations. Rose is calling from Spirit Catholic Radio in Omaha, Nebraska. Good Lord permitting, I will be there in February to talk to the folks. It's a wonderful station. Rose, hi. We'll look you up when you come. Well, you better. Last time you didn't, and don't think I didn't notice. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Okay, this is kind of of the lighter side. But uh, one thing I did want to say. Hey, wait a minute, Rose. You don't you don't call a professional psychologist with lightness. No, we got to be heavy. Oh, heavy. Okay, very yeah. heavy. Okay. But I did notice a lot of Halloween stuff up, and I couldn't understand. But anyway, uh, continuing on, uh, I have a, a cat. I've never had a cat in my life, and I, I have a cat, and I like the kitty. And this, my best friend for Christmas, I mean, gave me a kitty nativity scene. Now, am I 
to me. Didn't even know they made them. Me wrong. Pardon? <laughs> I didn't even know they made them. I shouldn't <laughs> oh, be surprised got Mary, though. Jesus and Joseph, and they're all four legged. <laughs> so, I am I being too uh, serious about not putting it out, or is it kind of to me? Uh, you know, it's just not right. Well, is the cat glued to the manger? Yes. All right. Break it off. Put the baby Jesus okay. in. Okay. That's what I do. I, You know, it's hard to read your friend's motive. She may think, oh, Rose loves her kitty. You know, this is, I'm just going to do something really cute and clever to give Rose this That's manger it. scene with a kitty. And yeah, okay. So she meant, she meant no offense, even though it was. Yes. <laughs> kind of clueless so i would just i would probably she'll notice when you put the crash out and there's a baby jesus in there rather than a cat and you can say uh i figured if i'm going to put it out in the front lawn i better put the real reason for that crash and then you can keep the cat somewhere in the house where she can see it and then you can pitch it after after christmas great i, I would great. never i would never ruin a friendship because of oh, something no, like that. Oh, no, and she's my best friend, so. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. And, I, and, and I, you know, the other thing. So. I prob- yeah, there you go. She's not religious, so I probably wouldn't even scold her. I wouldn't say things like, you know, I think, why no. did you do that? That's re- nah, I like you say. She she views it as, okay, I'm not religious, so this Jesus thing, yeah, it's a nice holiday, but I'm not really into it like you are, Rose. And so here, I'm going to give you a cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay, I will right. do that. I will remove the kitty, and if I find a Jesus, I'll put him in there. I would. All right. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much. All right, Rose. Bye. Yeah, you know, it's hard to read motives. Motives are so tough. I can sit with somebody over five therapy sessions, and just when I think I've figured out why they're doing what they're doing. They throw me a curveball. And I missed it. Now, I've been talking to them for five hours. And they've been supposedly giving me a lot of inside psyche info. But yet, reading that motive is very tough. And I dare say I'm going to go so far sometimes to say that more friendships break up because of misread motives than because of actual behavior. Let's go to Larry from Mo, And it says you're Moe and Curly. <laughs> Larry, Dr. Ray, how are you? Dr. Ray, may I, may I, Dr. Garindi or Dr. Ray or Dr. G or just Rame? Yeah, anything you want. I answer to anything. All right. All right. Yes, sir. Uh, yes. How better to respond to the stresses of uh, thanks of giving thanks to God, of uh, Jesus' birth, and uh, Easter? And I've had other names for them. Uh, I do have a couple of quick songs, uh, not songs, but uh, liners. It's beginning to look a lot like stressmas everywhere I go. It's the most stressful time of the year. That's my opening. Well, I'll tell you, if you're going to say... Yep. This is a stressful time of year for me. You really got to take the next question and say, okay, what am I doing to myself 
that is making it this way. Don't say, what is it about this time of year that is stressful? Say, Mm -hmm. what am I doing to myself? In other words... Are you putting demands on yourself that are that are kind of unnecessary? Do you have to send out 222 Christmas cards? Do you have to buy gifts for everybody you know who doesn't really need these gifts because they have everything? Uh, are you having a tough time dealing with Uncle Fred who's going to come over on Christmas Eve and you know he's politically obnoxious? Uh, you're going to let him go in one ear and out the other so you don't get all bugged by him? You've got to decide what you're doing to yourself. To take okay. away from what should be a rejuvenating time toward our Lord. Yes. You're letting the society I, kind of dictate. Okay. May, may I uh, um, throw out Uncle Fred, but since um, the other person is in the house right now, may I interject that person? <laughs> well, you better be careful. <laughs> that other person's in the I house know. and you're married to him. You better be real careful. Yes, she's married to me. I mean, 44 years. I'll give you a little brief, but yeah. Um, uh, yes, um, she's in the other part of the house, hopefully by the fireplace, not hearing where I'm at, the other part I'm, of the house. I'm going to tell her. I'm telling. Oh, you go ahead. Tell her to listen to the radio, or I'll tell her to archive it. Or you archive it, right? She can yeah. find it. <laughs> okay. Well, you think she gets all okay. stressed. What you're saying is she gets all stressed out. Well, let, 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 me, let me take personal responsibility. Um, what am I doing to myself? I'm, I'm trying to accommodate all the, um, the stresses um, and, and her, if you will, um, loving to give gifts and put up 50, 60 boxes of decorations. She's got four trees. Finally Gee. got rid of one of them last year. Yeah, Gee. man, and we used, to, we, we, used to, we used to go out and kill one, and I'd go plant one, and then one time we bought one live, and we brought it in and drug it out, and I planted it out front. It's, it's, you know, it's a 30, 40-foot love memory right now. Are you but, telling you know, me at... that your wife really wants to get into the Christmas season and it drives her crazy at the same time? No, it drives me crazy, if you will. <laughs> well, wait a minute. If she's doing it, and not too many demands are made upon you. Why does that drive you crazy? Okay, the, the, the demands so much are, are the prep for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. Um, the 16-room the, the house on the acre here, and now, you know, I've got 13 children. Well, I mean, our three found three, and they have seven. So we, we have 13, seven grandchildren. you got a 16-room um, house? Well, yeah, but it's still in the middle of rehab. I worked three jobs to put the kids through school, you know, and all the all the private Catholic schools and a couple of the colleges, you know. Working Uh, three jobs should prepare you to have stress periodically, I would think. Oh yes, it did. It has. One was military, one was postal, and one was a paper boy. I'll just give you that quick background. Um, yeah. You're telling me that because your wife does all this stuff at Christmas time, it pulls you along. And some of it drives you nuts. To to cultivate and care as we are in the garden, her her um, what shall we say? Her nurturing of family and friends and and, and giving. Yes, that it, it's. I don't know if it drives me nuts so much, but uh, I'm learning more to deal with it now after all these years. Well, know. my friend, um, you said an interesting yes, number. You okay. said forty four. Now that's forty four oh, yeah, Christmases, forty four. Thanksgivings, 44 Easters. I would think by now you've pretty much established how you're going to ride the waves when these holidays come around. 
Yes, I, I ride the waves now with moving all the big furniture with sliders and pushing and pulling and grunting and groaning and moaning. But yeah, <laughs> and, and it, Doc, it, it goes, it, it, it just keeps moving. I mean, heavy buffets. She, and, if and she loves this, tables. okay. If she loves it, and 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 it's really sort of a, she she immerses herself in the mood of the season. And you're thinking to yourself, it sure would be a lot easier if she didn't take on all this stuff because it spills over on me. I, I don't know the degree that she would be willing to say, okay, I'm not going to ask you to do ABC. This is this is my venture. But if not, if she says, okay, we're a duo here and I need you to help me, I need you to move this 400-pound buffet, um, mm-hmm. then you got to quit upsetting yourself over it. 44 years, at some point, you got to say, that's what my wife does, and I'm going to put in the effort, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna emotionally distress myself. It's one thing physically to have to do it; it's another to say it bugs me emotionally, and that's probably what's taking its toll on you. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the low no low emotional kind of guy, and she's you know the higher emotional lady of love and and the woman whom God put here for me. So I'm um you know. Still working on that too. Well, taking you long enough. You know, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> Jeez, forty-four years. We are another forty-four. Well, working uh, three three jobs, part time, full time, overtime, and, and being not so much deployed for a long time, but being you know away from home a lot, um, weekends and whatnot, and uh, in other countries, uh, you know, it, it, it's taken its toll. Is your wife a sweetheart? Learning. She's she's got to be. I mean, I've had five friends say that she's the saint. Okay. One of my friends, well, then, though. He's, and then he's if she's a saint, roll roll with this. Okay. That's what I would do. If you're saying she's a saint. Yes. And this isn't the way I no, would no. do it, but it's the way she does it. I didn't it. say it. They got, my friends did. <laughs> oh, okay. You're gonna, I hope you agree but with I, them. You know, she, Larry, i got to run yeah, on pass break. It. Thanks for the call. This is Dr. Ray. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful. All that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. 
Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. I'm going to do an opening monologue on that sometime shortly here because what is it about the human being that can take something as wonderful as Christmas and turn it into uh, <laughs> I can't wait till the holidays are over. Zaina calling from Massachusetts, and she's confused about an, a, a recet, recitation of the Apostles' Creed that she heard in a Lutheran church. Hi, Zaina. Hi, Dr. Ray. Did that, did that kind of shake you up when you heard them recite, We Believe in the Catholic Church? Yeah, I said, oh, geez, because I went to a funeral service today, and um, I said, geez, I didn't, why would they say they believe in the Catholic Church? Well, they don't mean the Catholic Church, they mean the Universal Church. Okay. Yeah, that's how they're using the word. When I was out of the church there for a couple years, I was in a United Methodist congregation, and they said the same thing. So what they're doing is okay. they're reciting the early creeds, which a lot of uh, evangelical churches and uh, more fundamentalist churches, they don't, don't recite the creeds all that much. But the mainline still do because they, they have roots going way back. So they recite okay. those creeds, but they don't mean kind of the same thing. For example, I said once to our Protestant pastor, I said, well, you believe in the creed, right? And he said, yes. I said, what do you do with the line that says, I confess one baptism for the remission of sins? And he didn't have an answer for that. I think he just kind of skated over it. Okay, so when we say it, we mean in the Catholic Church that we belong to, correct? We mean the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, yes. Apostolic Church, okay. And they also said they believed in the communion of saints. Can you explain? Do you have time to tell me? The communion of saints, I always thought, means that we ask for them to pray for us. No, I think they would believe in the communion of saints as they would interpret that in heaven. Oh, okay. Uh, Thank you. I I knew you'd shed a light, Dr. Ray. Well, I hope I'm right. I don't don't want somebody there to call me and say, boy, you missed that one, Garendi. How's your son doing, Zaina? He is good, and I miss you, Dr. Ray. I don't work at the bank anymore. I can't listen to you every day like I used to. I work at a school. But Tony is good, thank God. No offense, and I shouldn't say this, but you don't sound quite as smart as when you used to listen regularly. I know, I know, and Tony's getting to be more of a monkey, so I have to start listening to you again. He's a beautiful kid, but he's getting to be a weasel. (laughs) He's a a beautiful... (laughs) Weasel. All right, Dana. He's a beautiful weasel. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and and to Randy and and your beautiful family. God bless you. Thank you. This Dr. Ray got to run. Thank you for keeping me company. I appreciate it so very, very much. You you make it a joy. Truly do. And I would like to thank each and every one of you, but that would be 122 people. That would take too long. Walk with God into this Advent season. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook and Instagram.
The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.